You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Brad Hill. Hey, man. What's up? Brad, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Uh, I'm a tattoo artist. I live in Franklin, Tennessee. I've been tattooing for about 10 years and uh, it's pretty dope. I uh, Hold on a second. You've been tattooing 10 years? Yeah. You look like you're like 20. I am 33. Wow. I was about to say, if you're 20 and you've been tattooing for 10 years, did you start at the age of seven, like given the, you know, the sticker tattoos that everyone used to wear? Like, oh, yeah. You used, to, I, you used to think you were badass when you wore those things, man. I don't know how many I had. I had a butterfly on my neck. I was like, I've killed three people. I had um, an entire collection of X-Men tattoos that I actually stole out of a grocery store when I was eight years old. What? <laughs> yeah. They had the Power Ranger ones. There's so many of them. They made you feel something, though. Like a tattoo, it's what I really like about it is it's an expression of oneself. You can tell by, like, the amount of tattoos somebody has, you know. If you get, like, one or two, you know, they usually mean something to the person or a specific saying. What do you find so interesting about tattoos that you decided to become an artist about it? Uh, well, my dad had a tattoo. He had, like, a panther on his chest. And uh, I've always been into drawing and art. And uh, I just kind of, I don't know, I was really, I couldn't figure out how the hell he had a drawing inside of his skin. And so I told him when I was old enough, I would go get a tattoo. And when I turned 18, he took me to get a tattoo. And the tattoo artist shot the shit with me about, you know, all kinds of cool stuff, music and art. And he just was pretty cool. And so I started getting tattooed more and more. And then one day, I guess a friend of mine got tattooed by him and they started talking about how I did art and stuff, which I never spoke about it. And uh, he called me that day and was just like, Hey, you want to work here? <laughs> so that's what happened. I started working there and became a tattoo artist. And that's basically what drew me into it was just the fact that my dad had one and that someone asked me to be a part of it. Yeah. But just with your art in general, like they're very specific designs. I mean, what really stood out to me about, your style what would you call your style i would say it's more of a realistic i guess art i would say a lot of it like you do do some cartoon drawings but you know you've seen the pop culture ones a lot of people that focus on like the zombie with like the extremely big eyes and a hot rod or something but you do a lot of mythical stuff so it makes me think a little bit on the religious factor of things as well well so uh the guy who taught me how to tattoo was really into Japanese tattoos and that's basically was my in to it was through him so I became fascinated with Japanese tattoos as well Japanese tattoos have a lot of mystical creatures a lot of different like aspects of uh like I don't know deities and demons and just like what they call yokai which is basically in America goblins it, it, they deal a lot with like hell scenes and stuff like that so I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of artwork out there to look at and to use, and I just kind of want to do it all Japanese wise. But I mean, I also like American tattoos too. You know, American tattoos have a lot of religious stuff. They have a lot of animals. Animals are cool tattoos. I like that kind of stuff. 
The Japanese one seems a little bit more traditional in style, though. I mean, if you want to think of like a good Japanese, I guess, tattoo would say a lot has to do with like a koi fish representing like peace and serenity. They kind of have meanings behind them. Um, when it comes to the more Americanized version, they're a little bit more specific, like things that are more common in our culture. Right. Well, the American is really more uh, based off of like military tattoos, you know, a lot of eagles and shields and naked ladies and stuff like that. Roses further. An, Amer an American flag on the back of a damn bombshell. That's exactly right. Yep. So America is more like uh, strong dude tattoos where Japanese is kind of for everyone. Hmm. Yeah, not like the specific one that gives you like, oh, I got the sign water in Japanese on my arm. And it's like, that does not say water. That's just dim sum. Yeah, I, I have a uh, an app on my phone that when you hover over, like kanji is what they call it, it'll it'll tell you what it says. And I had somebody that got where they thought they got family tattooed on their forearm. And I got my phone out and looked at it and I changed it to group. So technically they had group tattooed on them. I'm sending out a group message and you just stick your arm up in the air. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, even so, would you say that I guess your inspiration came from just your dad in general? Or would you say that like when you started doing it, like what do you love most about it? I mean, it obviously connects you with so many people. Are you a social butterfly? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of always been that way. Um, not so much now that I've been tattooing so long. When I get done tattooing, I want to come home and hide in a hole. But uh, the thing that drew me to it was, yes, was my dad's tattoo. That was by far the first thing. But it's not something I, I didn't think it was something that you could just do. You know, becoming a tattoo artist wasn't a job. When I got tattooed and, and like conversated with the guy who's tattooing me constantly, that's when I realized it was an option. And so that's when I went full force into it. Not, it, it's, you know, 2020, I started back in 2010, I believe. So that, I don't know. There wasn't really an option for someone who wants to do art and make money. I could go become a graphic designer and draw on computers, which sounds like hell, honestly. I, I'm not interested in that at all. And I'm not going to become some famous painter because I technically don't have anything that anybody else hasn't seen already. So tattooing is basically the modern day artist's outlet. Would you say that you're good at creating new images and stuff, like finding that inspiration, or would you say you're just good at replicating things and making it into your own way? Um, I would say that when I was younger, I was good at coming up with brand new things. But now I spent so much time trying to, to design designs for other people. I'm a little bit better at taking something and making my own thing from it. Which you have to do because someone comes into a tattoo shop, they have a basic idea of what they want, but it's like, do you really want that? Is that exactly how you picture it? It's like, well, I mean, uh, it's like, you understand this is going on your skin, right? Like I'm sticking a needle inside of you, you know, and not a sexual go to sleep, I'm going to bang you type of way. More like you're about to get an image imprinted onto your skin. I want to make sure you're fully comfortable with what you want before I start this because yeah, there's tattoo removal, but it's not exactly an easy process. Yeah, I mean, you'd be you'd be surprised how much people really don't give a crap about what their tattoo looks like. It's almost depressing. There um, was a dude in Virginia that got the tattoo of the Juggalo thing on his face. Yeah, yeah. I, I've luckily never tattooed a uh, Juggalo dude. I forgot what it's called. Hatchet Man. I've never done a Hatchet Man. What is your most regrettable tattoo you've ever given anybody? 
Um, there's no imagery that I regret. I'll tell you two stories. They're, they're not very long. The first story is a guy came in and he wanted Darth Vader uh, giving it to the Easter Bunny anally. So Darth Vader butt sexing a, an Easter Bunny. That was pretty much one of the weirdest tattoos I think I've ever done. Um, I drew it like three different times. He just, he kept getting it crazier and crazier. So that, that was a weird one. Um, then he made me tattoo Jesus holding a plunger, coming down Macho Man Randy Savage style to a city in a toilet. That was another tattoo I did on him. I like that second one, but is, this is the same guy? Yeah, this is the same guy. Did you did you ask if he had anything going on mentally? Like, did you give him a thorough analysis? I would ask if, you know, he maybe needed to talk to somebody. I know there's a thing um, when people start registering to get tattoos only because they can sit there and connect with someone and talk to them because the person literally is there for a couple hours tattooing something onto their skin. Yeah, he, he said that he was getting it so that he would get free beer. And I asked him what that meant. And he said that he was going to go to bars and say, I bet I have Darth Vader giving it to the Easter Bunny on my arm. And then he would do that and he would get free beer. So because he would obviously win because he had it. He stole that shit from Steve-O. Probably. Steve-O has a tattoo that says, I bet that it says your name on his ass. Yeah. And Literally, he'd be like up to people to get a free beer at a bar. I bet you a beer I have your name tattooed on my ass. And they go, okay. And he bends down and says your name on his ass. Yep, that's probably exactly what it was. Um, he also got the word toast tattooed on his lower back like a trance stamp. But a, uh, a cow with a paintbrush was next to it as if the cow had graffiti this on his lower back. Either he's a genius or he's a crackhead. I'm, I'm, he, I'm he's questioning. A, his he's kind of rhyming in the line to be honest he's a very strange fellow he's like the homeless man that when you walk up and ask him it's like man your life isn't together if you're homeless and he's like actually i'm an expert minimalist and you're like wow you just changed my perspective exactly what would you say is probably one of your worst stories of a tattoo well we always know about the drunk chicks that come in there and really kind of create a mess or a young kid that just keeps on screaming the whole time where you're like fuck i i can't I can't do this tattoo if you won't sit still. So I'm not, those, those people are easy to handle because it's kind of like, I mean, this is your idea. I can tattoo you or you can leave kind of thing. You know, that's, that's super easy. But the thing that, not that I regret or that was difficult, it's just, it's very weird. And I regret how I handled this situation was I had this couple come in. They're probably in their early twenties. I believe she was 19 and her boyfriend was 20 something 21 she wanted to get his name tattooed on her vagina and i'm not talking like the lips or anything inside but on her pubic bone where her pubic hair would grow and she he wanted to get her name in the same place and i spent probably a good 30 minutes trying to talk him out of it just you know you guys are in your 20s early you know late teens there's a good chance you won't be married yeah, not to be the negative Nancy, but I mean, come on, guys. Look statistically at like getting that person's name. Are you going to really be with that same person five years from now? Exactly. And it's just like it's your vagina. There's a kind of you don't want to mess that up. So she she basically told me, like, do you want the money or can I just go somewhere else and get it done? So I was like, OK, OK. So I did it. 
the first thing is I've never at this point tattooed a woman's vagina. Sorry, shaved a woman's vagina. Never, never shaved any lady's vagina. I know it's weird, but I just never did. <laughs> so I'm shaving her. And when you shave a woman's vagina, their pores kind of pop up like a, like a goosebump style. So I kind of sliced her up. So she was bloody and disgusting before I even started tattooing her. So then I kind of said, like, are you sure this is what you want? I, his name was Zach. I remember. And she. That's not know, something that's easily forgettable, Brad. <laughs> the, the reason I remember that, that his name was Zach is because trying to tattoo a perfect Z on a girl screaming, moving around on her vagina is pretty memorable. So I, I do her, the name. She sits terribly. She moves the entire time. She's screaming in pain. She's grabbing on her boyfriend and being like, help me. So it, it was traumatizing so I was done and I was cleaning up and I was setting up for her boyfriend Zach and this lady walks in and she pulls her boob out and on her boob is a confederate flag and above it it says Bo's bitch and I go uh okay and she goes how much to cover this up so I start to kind of give her the whole spiel she doesn't even listen to a word I said she turns to the girl that I just finished tattooing goes honey don't ever get a man's name tattooed on you and she looked up at me mortified because I had just tattooed her boyfriend's name on her vagina. See, this brings into a weird thing when we say tattoo artists need a therapist. I could just picture you walking into your therapist's office and being like, all right, uh, Brad, what do you want to talk about today? And you just go, so I tattooed this guy's name on this woman's vagina. And the therapist's like, all right, that's the end of our session. It was good seeing you, Brad. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go cry in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially – bring up the fact she's only 19 years old there's a there's a girl out there i don't know where she is but she has basically scribbled named zach tattooed on her vagina i wonder how old she is now and i wonder if she's still with zach or maybe she forgot and got a different name tattooed by it i've wondered that every day probably wakes you up in the middle of the night thinking about it i wouldn't say that it wakes me up uh, to be honest like i would have probably felt really bad if that lady wouldn't come in but the minute that lady came in and told her that i was just like vindicated and see that's a weird one though because even for me like i'm a, I'm a guy that like it's hard for me to hurt somebody even if it's like trying to give them a piece of artwork that they want if i see somebody screaming or doing something it just makes it way more difficult um it's kind of like if you're drowning somebody in a bathtub and you're just crying the whole time like i don't i do this because i love you <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it means a lot too, but I can't, I just, I don't know if I could stomach it only on the factor of like, my uncle's a tattoo artist and he talks about all the like crazy situations he's been in and how much he loves doing it and all this type of stuff. I'm like, I get it if it's a passion for it. And I've talked to some that um talk about the stigma behind it, like uh, some female ones that always talk about it seen as like a male dominant industry. Mm -hmm. And it has been for a while, but I don't think anybody really predicted being a tattoo artist to be a functional job anymore. And you're seeing it a lot more, especially in the new culture of kids that are coming up, millennials. Um, this era is turning into a very, very creative one. We're doing a lot of more creative, effective things. We're using our mind a little bit more when it comes to, you know, just being able to create and be able to have fun, I guess, in life and change it up a little bit compared to the older generations where it was all about just doing a bunch of hard labor and a hard amount of work and then retiring. You know, now we're living in a world where people are becoming entrepreneurs, people are becoming tattoo artists, people are becoming painters, sculptors, all these amazing things that were lost for a long time. 
Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. It's it's good and it's bad the way things are going. It's more good than bad, but there are certain aspects of it that kind of get left behind or die off because certain people don't find it as important. I think. So when I first started tattooing, it was uh, it was a different industry. Even even uh, tattooing changes every ten years. When I started tattooing you were still making your own needles. You know, you'd have to solder your needles and you'd have to use flux and you'd have to, you know, sit like a scientist in the back room and just make needles. And it was only for like a, a year, I think that I had to do that before companies really just started taking off with like, uh, you know, pre-made needles that you could buy. So that's, that kind of stuff is what's cool that's changing. The thing that I don't like is that um, the the aspect of, you know, you, people say it all the time. Millennials feel like they have uh, a sense of like entitlement. I deserve entitlement. Yeah. So that's even with tattooing, like tattooing, it's something you earn. It's it's not something you can step into and do on the side. It is something that you have to live and breathe. And if you don't live and breathe it, you won't be good. And if you're not good, you don't deserve to be doing it because it is a, a change. You're changing someone's body forever. So you have to be completely dedicated to this and you have to be good at it. There I, can, no I can understand that. It's it's like a muscle. You have to work at it and you have to turn it into something. You get to put 100% into it and expect you know, that you have to build it up. I, I think you see a lot of kids. Like I know so many kids throughout high school that were getting fucking tattoos by creating their own into their skin. And then now they're older and they're getting them removed and they're trying to get them covered up because they look like shit. And they thought at that point, like they were badass, you're like wearing their tank top around school, trying to show it off and everything. Look at my arm, bro. I got this tat. I'm like, yo, it's cool. We're in ninth grade. You have a tattoo, but it's a diamond and it looks really, really fucked up. Like it doesn't look that good at all. And he's like, Oh, screw you, bro. It looks good. And I'm like, Man, and he ends up regretting it later. I know a few people that have done that, but there's people that just pick it up, think, oh, I can do this, and I can start selling them. Some dude started selling tattoos, like giving them out for like cheap-ass prices in our local area, and so many people blasted him on Facebook, were saying that they got infections from it, that it, the tattoo ended up looking like shit afterwards. And I'm like, you're doing the tattoo art a disservice because – Who's to stop a person that's thinking about getting a tattoo to see that online and think, well, that's all tattoo artists. When they're not even a tattoo artist, there's just some dude that's trying to call themselves a tattoo artist. Right. I mean, I mean, and like that is shitty, but at the same time, a lot of really good tattoo artists started out that way. So I don't necessarily have like a anti against that. Like I think what I'm more saying is like the people – the sense of entitlement is like there's people that come into the shop and they want to learn how to tattoo like you give them the whole spiel like well you have to be dedicated basically the spiel i just gave you you know and then they turn around and they they don't they don't want to put the time into that so they go home and they start tattooing them themselves and their friends and kind of like the guy that you were saying and then try to go around the system rather than apprenticing and learning how to do it right and actually like you know not not fucking people up basically so there's the people that do it at their house. That's always going to happen. That's always going to happen. That's, that's how some people get into it. You know, they, they start doing it. They tattoo themselves, tattoo their friends. They fuck a bunch of people up, but then they get serious about it. And then they become amazing tattooers. But the guy, my business partner, the guy that I work with, he didn't know how to draw. He didn't know how to do anything. He just saw somebody get a tattoo and he's like, fuck, I can do that. So he went home, 
bought a machine, started tattooing. Like he worked for a, a company where truckers were in and out of the place a lot. So he tattooed truckers. He was fucking people up, but now he's like an amazing tattoo artist. He's so he's the best in our town because he actually like turned around and like gave a shit. It's the kids that don't turn their their mindset into that mindset that just bothers the hell out of me. Well, it's it's so many like you're saying, but the entitlement factor. See, a person starts hearing a couple compliments. So you make really good tattoos. They think they don't need any more training. They don't need to hone their skills. My uncle has been tattooing for over thirty almost 40 something years and he talks about he owns his own shop and he just goes i'm in i'm still an apprentice i'm still an apprentice he goes i'm always learning every single day trying to build myself up trying to work harder trying to do these many things and he goes i'm always constantly learning and i'll never be a pro he just he just says you know i do this because i love it and the amount of experience just learning it every day you can come across people that make some really good art i mean so many people, you know, it'd be a good program as a tattoo artist like yourself to go into a school, go to the art class and find the kids that are drawn and sitting there not talking to anybody that are isolating themselves and having these amazing sketches. I remember one time in class, like back my freshman year, there was a girl in there that was a senior and she used to sit by herself and draw in the sketchbook all the time. And I walked by and kind of like looked down at her notebook to see what she was drawing. And she was drawing this Native American man wearing like a headdress and everything. And it was so like something you would see out of like a, a painting or something, like a Picasso. And I, I mentioned it to her. I was like, that's really fucking good. And she goes, oh, thank you, and put her head back down. And I was like, seriously, like you have amazing skills. You ever thought about going somewhere with it? And then um, she goes, oh, I don't think I'm that good. And I'm like, can I see some more of your sketches? She's showing me all these amazing things. And she tells me, you know, the best part I think about the internet, she put it up on this site. And it was an art, like appreciation site as an unknown name and was just letting people admire her collection and stuff and i'm like you could go somewhere to hone this craft being a tattoo artist you could pick kids up easily and maybe bring them into this industry you know i know when it comes to a business it's all about competitors and i know some tattoo artists that are like yeah i want people to buy my stuff not go getting from somebody else but i'm like when you're someone like you brad who makes tattoos and really loves the industry you have an appreciation for all tattoo artists and anybody that's willing to create something well totally i mean I, yeah, I mean, I, the business aspect, like, sure, I want all the money, but I, so we have six people that work at our shop. There's me and Jeff, we opened it, and then we apprenticed two of the, the ladies that work with us, and then we basically stole one of the ladies from another shop in another town that was, like, their best artist. We yoinked her. So we, there's me, Jeff, and then we have uh, four girls that work with us. So two of them we taught. And their styles are completely different than mine, you know, so it's like we can handle anything that walks in the door. And, and so, of course, I want other people to be able to tattoo because they can take the tattoos that I don't necessarily think that I should do or want to do or can do. So it's like every person brings their own flavor, their own style, and, and the industry needs that. But at the same time, like you were saying, how some people kind of don't want that it, the oversaturation does suck but that's where i come out with the whole like there's no more room for mediocrity like you have to be good or you don't get to do it kind of thing if you're good well we have this mindset as millennials like we're talking about is the fact is so many people are good and they don't ever want to improve even more you can constantly learn you can constantly do this i know a few of my 
uh, people I went to school with, um, you know, they talk like they used to give tattoos back in the day. And I was like, why don't you go and hone this craft somewhere and learn? Like I, my uncle's more than happy to take you on as an apprentice or something. And uh, they just go, no, man, I'm already as good as better than anybody in this world. And I'm like, dude, you've only gotten a couple compliments, but you're always can be improving. There's always room for improvement. The master at anything will even say that he's always improving. There's always something new you can be learning. It's just a mindset we have to break because that form of entitlement. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how other people feel, but I've always felt like if you call yourself a master, you're not shit. When you have other people calling you a master, that's another thing. You and want I, the guy if, the guy that says he's a newbie and everyone's calling him a master, that's a guy that's probably really fucking good. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean there are people that are amazing out there that say I'm amazing and they're right, but that's few and far between. Mostly it's an ego thing, I think. I mean, I would get a tattoo from you just because I'm really fascinated with that style. I think that's really important. Like you were saying how like everyone that works at your business is a little bit of um different styles, different techniques. I mean, it gets a little bit bland and your shop gets boring if everyone does the same exact styling. You know, if everybody focuses on Japanese art, well, what comes in if some dude's like, I want to get the Grinch on my ass. And you're like, I don't do that because I just do traditional Japanese art. And you're like, well, I, what about if I want pop art? What if I want a Rick and Morty reference? I, my buddy has a fucking Charizard tattoo on his leg. Like, like what? Like it's cool. And it looks good as shit because he had an artist that was styled perfectly in that. You know, what's funny is like, there's multiple styles, but I, I feel like anime is becoming its own thing. That's becoming a style. There'll be a dude eventually who'll be like, yeah, my, my uh, style is anime style. That's all I do. For, I guarantee you. I, I, I bet, dude. I mean, just the fact is it, you people want something that's relatable. I think what really makes a lot of people like really enjoy like TV shows, um, movies, anything like that, it's that relatable experience, that nostalgia effect, that seeing something and then bringing you back to a point into your life. That's why cereal is so damn popular. But when it comes to like you see a tattoo – and you're able to pull something from it, such as like a dad who gets a heartbeat of their firstborn kid on his arm or something, you know, something memorable like that, or maybe even a Rick and Morty reference. Like I remember that episode, like bam, 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 get Swifty, that whole thing. People right. want that. Like people want to be noticed. People want that thing that's going to be on their arm. It's going to be like, hey, check this out. And someone's like, dude, that's badass. Yeah, I've, I've probably done like two pickle ricks. Would you say that those are memorable to you? Like, what would be your most memorable tattoo experience? My most memorable tattoo experience? Uh, yeah. Whether it was just the person that you were talking to or whether it was just the tattoo in general, like it took you so long to do. My uh, dad always talks about um, he's a radio broadcaster, which only makes sense. I fell into this. But um, he got a tattoo on air of the front cover of rock and roll all night the kiss album with all of them in a circle shooting like laser beams and stuff so he's on yep. air getting a tattoo for six hours and um yeah he's screaming and stuff trying to like talk to people and play music and he's like well this is coming up after the commercial mother i mean coming up is lincoln park and then he would just play something <laughs> well man I feel like the most memorable tattoo is the vagina tattoo. I I don't know why, but that, like when you said that, that's what came to my mind. It's that 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 type of shit. <laughs> it's because it's probably one of your worst experiences, but it's probably the most memorable because of how bad it was. Right. I I mean, I 
I don't know, I've tattooed like every day for 10 years. And when you say that, that's what comes up. Now, even doing it for 10 years, what do you really, really love about the craft? I mean, we could talk about the industry, but what, as for you, like, is it the amount of communication you get with people running into people every day, you're able to kind of connect with them a little bit more, or just the amount that you're able to create something that goes onto somebody's skin, and they walk around with it basically forever? Well, yeah, because so like when I do a tattoo, soon as I start, I'm always so nervous, because there's like 18,000 things that can go wrong when you're doing a big sleeve or something like that. You can miss like tiny little things. You can like hiccup while you're tattooing and you can like make a blemish in line work and stuff like that. So getting, doing the first little bit of a tattoo, I'm always just kind of on edge. I want to get it like perfect and shit like that. But the thing that's cool is when you get it completely finished, color and shading, background, foreground, all that stuff. And then you step back and you're like, I don't even remember doing this. How did we do this? This is on your arm. I don't even remember doing this shit. It's crazy. That that's, I like that when it's all healed and you see them out and you're like, damn, that tattoo's bright. And you're like, oh, I did that. When I don't remember doing that. <laughs> That's like a cool thing for me. It's just like that finished product. It, you, you sweat over it. You stressed over it. You, you put everything into it. And then when you're done, you're like, don't even remember it being like a situation. It's like, oh, cool. When's your next one? <laughs> when um, we talk about maybe a hiccup in arm sleeve, I've never really heard anybody bring that up before. Does that make you want to look at your nutrition a little bit before you go into a tattoo? Like if you know you're going to be in a long session, do you try not to consume any like carbonated drinks or anything? Well, no, I mean, you try not to drink too much coffee and not eat like you definitely want to eat breakfast. There's been many times where I skipped breakfast because I had to get to an appointment and we're doing some dinky little like cross tattoo. It's two straight lines, right? But I'm shaky as hell because I'm hungry and I just had coffee and didn't have food. You know, you get like super shaky and you're like, oh, you know what? Let's just let's let that stencil dry for about two minutes while I go make myself some peanut butter toast. I'm thinking that, like trying to eat Taco Bell before you do a tattoo. You're just sitting there trying not to shit your pants like you're itching around and moving around. Dude's like, oh. hey, man, it was supposed to be a straight line. This thing's all squiggly. You're like, yeah, man, sorry. I'll turn it into a heartbeat or something. I have to shit. Well, it's kind of what I mean that would be irresponsible to to do that you know you got to try to make yourself you gotta oh, come on okay. brad when you like see the, a... when you see the taco 12 pack man it's delicious right. it's sometimes you got to do what you got to do right i i just if you got a shit take a shit and then go do the tattoo <laughs> you know if um what if i had to ask you where your creative inspiration comes would you say you randomly get them like throughout the day or like do you ever have to write them down sometimes i know like for me i'll randomly get an inspiration or an idea and i'll have to stop and write something down or but if i try and force it it won't come to me. i think about writing stuff down all the time i never do and i forget what i was going to do all the time but there is like a running list in my head constantly um right now i'm like Let's see here one two i'm three paintings deep that's that those are like future projects that i have to do one i'm working on is like 40 40 by 45 it's a giant painting it's about as big as my kitchen table it's a giant samurai and the reason i did that is because i had a client say that he was moving into a new house he had huge walls and he wanted a giant samurai so boom bam got that one um i have a client who likes like superhero stuff so he wants like giant superhero paintings so i have to do a giant hellboy for him so there's that 
And then those are the ones basically that I'm getting paid for. The ones that I want to do on my own, those things like those are the, the things that I'm being inspired to do. So I, I haven't really tattooed a lot of eagles. I'm a freaking tattoo artist, but where I live, eagles aren't like a super popular design. But I want to do some dope eagles. So I decided I was going to paint like a large amount of eagles. So I did, a, I think I did four or five eagle paintings. And then I was like, you know what? I want to do a couple bat paintings. So now I'm going to do four or five bat paintings. Before that, I was kind of wanting to do a bunch of rose tattoos just because I saw a rose tattoo I liked. And so I did like uh, six or seven rose paintings. So it's basically like, you know, if there's like some sort of imagery that I don't feel confident in or I just don't get to do enough of and I have this like urge to do it, that's basically, you know, my process. Uh, as far as like you say the word inspiration, the, uh, the old Japanese like uh, painters like Hokusai and then Kiyosai and Yoshitoshi and stuff like that, those are my inspiration because those guys dedicated themselves to painting. That's all they did every day, all day. And so like, I really like their stuff. So I'm constantly trying to create like just basically paintings that are kind of, it's called the, they went to the Hoge school in Japan. It's like this old ancient school where they taught all these guys how to paint a certain way. And I'm basically trying to aspire to paint that way as well. Um, I don't, there's not like other art that I see that, inspires me to go and make art because I'm, if that happens then I find myself just recreating what I saw and that never feels good like if you put out a painting that is similar to a painting you saw and someone's like oh man it's so dope I can't take like inside credit for that it just makes me feel shitty rather than good yeah I know so many times um when they do the little sketchbooks and stuff and they teach you how to draw it's like you just recreated the same thing it showed you how to create like you're you know it's really really hard to make something unique and original and make it look really 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 super good right and so, so I like you know you were kind of saying my stuff's a little realistic I like the the in-between art so it's like my own drawing and it's something that doesn't exist already there's nothing I'm looking at or no photograph or anything that exists but i'm drawing it simply so that it can be tattooed but it still looks realistic in that kind of sense so i try to hit the middle point of that and that that my creative process is looking at something getting as much detail but also making it simple you know i i try to just look at real stuff like if I wanted to do an eagle, I'll look at a real eagle and try to get its anatomy down. And then I can twist the anatomy any way I want once I understand it. That's what's with, more realistic about like traditional Japanese art is it seems like a lot of it happens to do with more realistic features compared to an animated or pop version of a tattoo. Right. So, yeah. And I wish I had something more fancy. Like I wish I could say like I get naked and go out to the forest and pray to the green god or something weird like That's that. That's Bob Ross style. Yeah, I don't, I don't Bob Ross it, but I should, but I don't. See, it, it just brings in a whole new aspect. Like, imagine somebody walking in and asking you to create something original. What would you have in mind? Like, do you have any that you've sat on that you really wanted to put onto somebody's skin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a list. Um, we always try to go for perverted first. Like, when I first started tattooing, we had a giant flash rack in our shop. And in it, there was a donkey show. It was a lady jerking off a donkey. And it was like super graphic. And every single person that came in there was like, I don't know what I want to do. What would you do? I'd be like, donkey show? Let's do that donkey show. Obviously, no one goes for that. So I always skip over that. 
and I go to basically just like a painting, whatever painting I'm into at that moment, I try to do something similar on them because I know that all the tricks and all the stuff that I've been building through this painting, I can put into the, the tattoo. And that That's pretty much how I go. I, I also have like books and books and books of sketches and I have an iPad and I have files and files of sketches. So that that's never that's never a problem. If someone's like, I don't know what to get, what do you have? I have, uh, I overwhelm them with shit that I have to, to tattoo on them. How do you tell if they, one of them piques their interest? You just see their face light up or something? Because I feel like a lot of times when people are trying to figure out to get a tattoo, they're very indecisive. They don't really know exactly what they want. They want you to, if they have an idea in their head, they want you to try and create the best version of it. But if someone's coming straight up into you, like, I want a tattoo. I want to, I don't, I don't know what I want, but I want to, I want a tattoo. You have to sit there and try and find them one that gets them a perfect one. Yeah. That's one of the harder things to do. I mean, that happens a lot. You constantly, you're going to try to figure out what that person is thinking. And it's never, well, I shouldn't say it's never, it had never been an issue until this year. Uh, I had a lady come in, she didn't know what she wanted, but she had an idea. She showed me a bunch of Pinterest tattoos and it was basically like lotus flower and a Buddha face and like all these things that kind of go together, but don't go together. So I had to find a way to put them all together. So did this giant long session of drawing and stuff, went out, showed her she was into it, put them on her, let her take a look in the mirror before I started. She was into it, tattooed her, she was into it. Then three days later, she came to the shop and told me she didn't like what I did. And I was just like, what? how do you not like what we did you were there the whole time telling me that it was that you liked it so it was kind of confusing and that's actually the first time it's happened to me in 10 years and uh it kind of fucked with me mentally to be honest with you but I just kind of chatted with her and I was like well what do you not like about it nothing she said made sense she said a bunch of like words that don't go with the tattoo she said things about the tattoo that like I'm not egotistical if you don't like it i want to fix it you know i'm not like no i did it on purpose for a reason i'm there to listen to your problems and to fix them i couldn't understand what this lady was talking about at all so come to find out she's like bipolar and crazy and it was probably bad i did a tattoo anyways but that killed me (laughs) to be honest i've like spent a whole month trying to get that shit out of my head because that's the first time i failed making somebody who didn't know what they want happy yeah, a lot of this type of stuff can really throw down a tattoo artist too. Like, I mean, having a bad experience or having a bad tattoo really kind of throws you out of place for a little bit. It's like creating something and then somebody rejecting it and saying it's terrible and freak out. It's like, damn, you never wanted to hurt anybody. That can really mess up a lot of people that do something that's creative. And yeah, it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've seen some pretty bad tattoos, um, uh, mostly like ones that don't seem like any effort was put in. Or there are some people that do pull it off about a tattoo. I mean, there are people, I remember the, one of the first people I've ever seen with a tattoo besides my dad. Like I worked at a water park and a dude came in wearing board shorts. Every inch of his skin was covered. His face, he was bald. He had it all over his head and everything. And I was like, that's just crazy. But as I started talking to him about it, his name was Jeff, hashtag Jeff. But he really explained to me like what he meant by getting all these tattoos. He's like, dude, it's an addiction. Once I got one, I just wanted to keep going and going and going. And he goes, this isn't something that I'm afraid to show myself, but this is a form of expression of where I choose to really show myself, not hide it. And I'm, it was it's something that hit really, really deep. 
you know, and a lot of people dismiss people because of their tattoos. I don't know for how long people were like, you have to wear long sleeves because if you have a tattoo showing, they're not going to hire you. I'm like, now you're seeing everybody has a tattoo. It's almost a status symbol. Uh, if you have, because I mean, someone can look at you if they know what they're talking about and they see crappy tattoos, they can be like, oh, you got crappy tattoos. Like you didn't pay any shit for those probably and blah, blah, blah. Or you see somebody's got these amazing tattoos that flow perfectly, and you can tell, like someone that knew what they were doing when it, you can tell they're expensive. It's kind of a status symbol. I mean, it, it will be, a, I, I think, because more and more people getting tattooed, more and more people will be educated on it. It'll be like a thing, like, oh, you got money, obviously. You got these amazing tattoos, or, eh, you don't have money. Like, look, you have chicken scratch tattoos on you. Yeah, I definitely think that at least the world's changing a little bit with technology and everything too. What do you see it, how it applies with uh, tattooing? I always talk about like maybe back in the day, if you have an old sketchbook or someone that someone would look through and pick out a design, but we have tablets now. It's really able to create somebody's image at a way easier rate now. Yeah, I mean, the iPad has changed everything. I, I like it and I hate it. I like it because if someone comes in with a little small walk-in tattoo, it takes five seconds to get it ready. But I hate it because it it leveled the playing field. And I, I know most people will be like, well, that's a good thing. And it is a good thing. It's just like, I'm not as impressed by tattoos anymore because there used to be, you'd look at something and it was hand-drawn on a piece of paper. And then they hand-traced it onto another piece of paper to go into the stencil machine. And then they stenciled it on perfectly. And then they tattooed it perfectly. And that is impressive because it was amazing from sketch to the line drawing, to the stencil, to the tattoo. Well, now with an iPad, you can get on Google and you can Google four pictures, stick them on your iPad, you know, trace them and then tattoo them. And it's like no effort was really put into the design or the thinking process. It was just the rendering that went well. And there's a lot of just really good render artists out there, which is awesome because you can do portraits that look like a freaking picture which is amazing that's so amazing but it to me it takes out a lot of that the creative stuff which is there there's a lot of tattoo art, artists out there that um they just tattoo their doodles and they're like so fucking good and those are the ones that i like the most because it's like it's their style it was their like imagery that they came up with and it was their idea to make it look that way and it looks amazing that way and i think that's that's the coolest but well, you know, a lot of Da Vinci's sketches were better than his, you know, finished works. That's right. what was so interesting. I love the sketch design of things, you know. I love right. it how it's a little bit rough. Like what's really interesting when is when you create something, if you play music, like I remember playing music and I played it on the radio. I could tell where I fucked up. I could tell where my slip-ups were. Much like a tattoo artist, when you're making a tattoo, if you look at a tattoo and you made it, you know where you slipped up. But to right. somebody else, they don't notice it. Yeah, pretty much they never notice it. And you can even point it out and be like, oh, I did that. And they're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, t tattoo machines have changed a lot too, technology-wise. Um, you know, you use these coil machines, the ones that are like, Meh, really loud. And... I, I loved my coil machines. I, I loved them. And my, my uh, business partner got a, a rotary kind of like, well, honestly, they look like vibrating butt plugs. And uh, I was like super anti. Like, what the hell are you holding that pocket rocket in your hand tattooing? Like, that doesn't look cool. 
that doesn't that's not going to be any good like that, that kind of again i was like that levels the playing field too much it, it, shit used to be hard for a reason but of course after seeing him tattoo like three amazing flawless tattoos of that thing i was like all right i'm gonna do that and so i switched over to that they're quiet they don't make a single bit of noise they're efficient every single time they don't damage the skin they last forever like i used to have to set up like four tattoo machines to do one tattoo each tattoo machine did its own thing the ones that we have now i don't i have one machine and i just change out the needles that's what i change out and it's like yeah, it's crazy it's like when i would sit and tattoo i'd be like man in the future it'd be cool to have this and now it exists how important do you think that sanitary things are needed in a tattoo shop i know so many people that kind of you know, in restaurant industries, especially down here on the East Coast, I mean, a lot of them ended up having to close down for a while because of sanitary conditions. And some tattoo artists, like my uncle runs his own shop, he always makes sure that's a priority of sanitary conditions. And I know some tattoo artists that you'll see on like um, tattoo TV shows or tattoo busters, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, Master Inc., they get upset because a lot of the tattoo artists that do come on there, they get called out for not doing, you know, something correctly or properly disposing of something. I mean, it wasn't too long ago, uh, we had this giant scare with AIDS and all these diseases and viruses that they were constantly, it seems like every few years we're dealing with some new one. And uh, it brings into a whole idea of contamination where you got to make a priority to make sure nobody else is getting sick. Right. I, I mean, honestly, if you're doing it right, the only thing you should worry about is if someone's sneezing on you. Um, yeah, it's super important. I was, it was drilled into my head. I. Uh, give you a little for instance like a you know my dad's biology teacher he's an ecology teacher he's a science teacher so i'm not stupid in the ways of that kind of thing but i uh when i was apprenticing would if i didn't have a glove on i would grab a paper towel and, and grab something and toss it in the trash and one day someone caught me doing it and they they chewed me out and i was like I, i'm not touching it what do you why is that a big deal they're like, well, let's talk about paper towels. Paper towels are porous paper things. And have you ever heard of osmosis? And I was like, yeah, you know, shit transfers through water or whatever. Like you're basically just putting a fake barrier in between you and whatever disease item you're touching. So it's like, even though I was using a paper towel, that, that disease can just go straight through the paper towel and is still on my hands basically. And it just, that was kind of a weird thought. I'm like, oh man, this is serious. Like I literally could be tattooing some crazy shit and then touch it and not even know so like i've tattooed people with aids i've tattooed people with herpes i've tattooed people with diseases you, if you're doing it right it's no big deal at all but you just got to make sure that has never stay on your mind when you're tattooing someone i feel like if you're tattooing like somebody with aids or something it would always constantly be sitting there like i hope he doesn't get any blood on me or anything well yeah i mean it's in your mind but like the thing that i kept thinking to myself was i have to do this because if i don't do this this guy's gonna go to somebody else and then not tell them that they have aids and then they're gonna put that person in in jeopardy you know so i have to do this the right way and just do it and make sure that i'm just communicative with them like hey because you have this we gotta do this and you know i if you're doing the tattoo correctly you're fine there's there's a way that we're taught just do it that way keep your hands clean don't touch it don't cross contaminate and you're pretty much good to go you're, you're never supposed to be exposed to that needle that you're tattooing to them people poke themselves on accident all the time i've definitely done it before but it's not it's not good that means you're improperly doing things so 
Holy shit, Brad Hill is the Brad Pitt of World War Z. He's a hero in the tattoo industry. <laughs> Serious though, I mean that that brings in a whole new concept into my head. I never even thought about all these things like with diseases and stuff. Like that is a good point. Like I know that scared a lot of people from getting tattoos because a lot of people when that AIDS outbreak and stuff like that happened, people were very very nervous that it was going to start spreading like a disease. It was become the zombie apocalypse, much like Ebola and all the other shit that goes on like coronavirus and all that, but. People are constantly trying to find ways not to, you know, die or get sick or do something. We're always pushing a supplement. We're always pushing something to prolong our life. And it's like you really want essential care when it comes to that stuff. And there's people out there that are really, really involved in it. And they're trying their best to make sure that there's no spread contamination. And first of all, why should you be denied a tattoo if you have something like that? You never should be. Right. You know, it's a form of expression. And hopefully people get something I guess meaningful or something and it's cool to get a random tattoo if you want a random tattoo but definitely don't get your boyfriend's name on your vagina that's a that's that's one that's going to stick out in my head and I feel really really for you that you had to live that experience because that seems like it would be <laughs> uncomfortable as hell it's like being a gynecologist and then the girl's boyfriend's in there it's like I'm doing my medical job but still I'm looking at your insides it's like yeah right, <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for coming out and doing the podcast, man. I know uh, we were talking about scheduling this stuff, and I really appreciate you at least coming out and giving me your time and everything, too, especially on your, like, your free day off. Um, but I really appreciate it, man. I want you to kind of shout out your Instagram page, shout out your tattoo shop if you want, shout out anything you want. Yeah, uh, it's uh, El Chupacabra. I am pretty terrible at posting, but there is stuff every now and then. Um, I work at Golden Yeti Art Collective. Again, I said we're in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Um, there, yeah, that's <laughs> that's all I got. He's simple and straight to the point. Nah, that's why I like him, and his name is close to Brad Pitt. So, I mean, what's not to love, right? Right. Uh, thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode.